0: All right, I regret to inform you all, uh, the podcast has been canceled because I just do not care
1: this week. Have uh, fun, everybody. All right,
2: it's April the, Fools.
1: As I say, it's the Greg Solo Show, because this is news to me, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: April Fools was like two days ago, though. Really mm. more like four days At once this goes up. Yeah. God, I, I, I hate that holiday so much.
1: It's a weird holiday.
0: I get so excited about so many things momentarily, and then I remember what day it is, and it's like, oh no, that's right, Ben 10's not coming back.
1: There's been April Fool's about Ben 10 coming back?
0: Yeah, no, there were several of them yesterday. It was very disappointing.
1: Oh, okay, I did not catch that. I guess my feet- I really gotta stay off Twitter. Okay, well that's your problem.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Tell you what's an actually good April Fool's joke, though. The Murder mm. of Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> an official Sega-published freeware game on Steam that is, no lie, a murder mystery where
1: you have to figure out who killed Sonic. The trailer for this game is legendary, by the way. <laughs> I've got it. I have yet to play it. I saw it, I was like, there's no way this is real, right? And it's like, watch the trailer. Oh, it's and- real. And Sonic is going to places he's never been before. It's like he's dead.
2: <laughs> no,
0: he's been there.
1: He's he's been dead before.
0: Yeah, Sonic O Six, end of the game.
1: Oh, fi- what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Now we gotta finish that for the store stream at some point.
1: Ah, uh, do we though?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get this far in Sonic 06 to not finish it. Fair,
1: I think. <laughs>
0: Anyways, yeah, most April Fool's Day jokes are garbage, like the one I led with that's Mm. four days late. But, no, this one's good.
1: I feel like you should automatically win April Fool's when you make an April Fool's joke that is an actual product that anyone can mess around with.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a good criteria, I think. Yes. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to playing this a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. I I wish I had a non-crappy computer to play it on.
0: And maybe I'll have some extra free time this summer. Because E3 is not happening.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm sad. Was anybody
0: really surprised?
1: No, but I'm still sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> I'll miss the Ubisoft cringe
1: competition. I'll just generally miss the everyone doing some variation of how do you do fellow kids for their E3 presentation. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's always so uncomfortable. And, uh, very much so. Ubisoft would usually win, but... I don't know if that's a prize worth winning.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, after Ubisoft, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all bowed out, uh, they decided, yeah, there's not really enough people here to hold an E3, so we're not doing it.
1: Mm. Wasn't there something in their original st- in their official statement as far as, like, um, logistical issues or something like that?
0: Yeah, I think. Global Vice President of Gaming for ReadPop, the organizer for the event, said... We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome.
1: Which, when has that stopped Studios in the
0: past? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, what it most likely is is all the big dogs realizing, oh shit, we don't have to schlep out for that. We can do our own shit. Mm-hmm. And people will watch. True. What do I need you for? <laughs> E3's just sitting there like,
2: oh oh i don't know
1: (laughs) it still kind of (laughs) sucks
0: i don't know what this voice is but yeah it does suck
1: yeah it's like i I remember like at least a few years ago we there were a couple e3s where all of us like gathered on discord like us and our respective friends gathered on discord to talk and freak out and make so many jokes at so many people (laughs) golf without limits golf without limits Better than Far Cry 4. <laughs> Crackdown 3. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Yeah, now we got the Game Awards for that, but I see your point. Yes. I do miss that. <laughs> and the winner of Game of the Year 2023
2: is Red Dead Redemption
1: 2! Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, no, actually, what what do you think the odds are we never get another
1: one? I mean, there's the old saying of, there's always next year, but I'm doubtful. Yeah. I think it's a combination of everyone realizing that they can do their own thing and people will watch. And also, because at least for the majority of it, E3 was more of a press thing that happened to be televised. Well, if anything has been proven over the last several years is that you can still get a lot done without people actually being there. And since that's pretty much half of the reason E3 exists... I'm doubtful, because the only other thing they could do is just have it be a digital show, but everyone else already does that, so they'd be very late to the race on that one.
0: Yeah. Plus, if anything else, everybody doing things on their own means that they can plan around each other, and they don't have to worry about competing for the same weekend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If there was anything that E3 could do, is if they really, really solidified on, even though these other companies already give a lot of spotlight to these people if they really solidified on being very, very, very indie-focused to bring a lot of attention to, like, the newest ideas that are coming out.
2: Hmm.
1: I could maybe see a resurgence there, but other than that, press X for doubt.
0: (laughs) I guess all the smaller studios could band together and do their own thing to try and get big corporation senpai to notice them.
1: Notice me, Sega Senpai.
0: <laughs> Bold of you to assume Sega's one of the
1: big dogs. Uh, notice me, Microsoft Chan. Oh, that felt disgusting just to say out loud. <laughs>
0: oh, man, that's an anime I'd watch.
1: Uh, speak for yourself on that one.
0: <laughs> I never said I'd watch the whole thing.
1: Uh, As to say, don't be like me, Cody. Don't read slash watch trash because it's like, I hate this, but I can't stop. I have to know how bad this gets. Don't do that to yourself. I'd I'd give that (laughs) concept a
0: solid three episodes. (laughs) That's not the only gaming news, though, and I'm going to move along because, oh boy, this is already (laughs) spiraling out of control.
1: (laughs) Yes, just a little bit.
0: (laughs) We got our gameplay look, our first gameplay look, really, at uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom.
1: As someone who has never touched a Zelda game, and... If I'm being completely honest, even though this game looks cool, I probably won't pick this up. How dare you? Largely because I don't own a Switch. That's fair. There is some weird and I feel like borderline busted shit in this game. <laughs> yeah, I'm very
0: confused by some of this. So so basically, the main breakdown we got is you got some new, I guess they're Sheikah Slate powers, where originally you had the bombs, you had Cryonis, you had Stasis. But here it looks like, They've added some that slash tweak some. Now you've got rewind, which can change the trajectory, not change, but reverse, basically, the trajectory of objects. Uh, Link was seen using this to reverse time on a fallen platform from a sky island to get up to it, <laughs> which was kind of crazy. It's such a weird sentence to hear out loud. <laughs> There's ultra hand, which lets you stick stuff together and apparently will basically let you create vehicles functionally out of stuff you find lying around. Mm-hmm. Which is presumably where those vehicles from the trailers came from. Mm-hmm. Link's just like, I built this in a cave with a box of scraps!
1: <laughs> when I saw that, those pictures, were like, okay, real talk, can you build a fucking tank? Like, if you can build a tank, I would get me so close to buying a switch just for that game. Like, no, that would lie. be really funny. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's just Link's just rolling up, being like, America. <laughs> <laughs> Tank lid pops
0: open, Link pokes his head out. Ha! -ha! Retreats back in. But no, the real real news here are the abilities Ascend, which lets you go through the ceiling, any ceiling. Which is so broken. (laughs) That's crazy. That is so insane. Because apparently you can even use it to, like, ascend mountains. Yeah,
1: you can, like, literally dig through rocks.
0: And it doesn't seem like there's any kind of
1: real limit? The one that kind of killed it for me was when they were like, oh, you find yourself in a cage? Is there a ceiling above you? You can get out. It's like, I feel like that takes away from the consequence of getting captured.
0: (laughs) No, because all the enemy's got to do is leave the ceiling off the cage. You'll be completely powerless. (laughs)
1: Fair.
0: We got you now, Link. A cage with no ceiling! (laughs) What?! (laughs) <laughs> I am powerless to climb out of this. How will I ever
1: ascend to the top? Uh, you gotta get in those Fortune 500 companies, Link. That's how. <laughs> uh,
0: actually, you know what? Not even a cage. Make the bars too close together and too thick to get you real good handholds or footholds. And then I thought, well, why not just make a sheer wall? And it's like, okay, so it's less of a cage and more of a box with no <laughs> lid.
2: <laughs> oh, so Link's That's a how cat we're now. That's we gonna get him. Link it. Yeah. Li-
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: And then the the craziest one is fuse, mm. which apparently lets you meld objects to weapons or weapons to weapons.
1: I okay. I know this is gonna sound stupid in the context of Zelda, but it, this is one where I'm just like laws of physics. What are those? <laughs> I'm gonna
0: stick this rock to a stick, and now I've got a hammer. <laughs>
1: And also, magically, the rock goes to like half of its size. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, of course not.
0: Oh, this guy's like fifteen feet away. Let me, let me meld this stick in a pitchfork.
1: And that, like a, like a crazy, like multi-pointed javelin.
0: Oh, you could stick a mushroom to a shield, and then it explodes into a puff of smoke that you
1: could use to backstab someone and insta-kill them. When that part first showed up, I was like, okay, I have so many LSD jokes or something like that. <laughs> like That we're... was just a
0: red versus blue. Wait, that's illegal.
1: Yeah. It's like, where is this going? <laughs> Honestly, the the whole thing of like hitting the, the uh, mushroom and it basically creating a smoke bomb, that was one I was like, okay, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I can see a lot of tactical use out of that one.
0: My personal favorite was the monster eyeball on an arrow to make it a homing arrow.
1: I saw that, I was like, and we're right back to being completely busted, especially when I, I again, I say this with like no knowledge of Zelda or anything like that, but he's just like, "Oh, general direction of your enemy? No problem. Shrink, and they're dead." <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I don't know. There's a one. There's a lot of things here. Where it's like, from the bits that were shown, my thought process is like, okay, there's a lot of stuff here that's like really cool, but if now it feels like the stamina stat is kind of useless because you can just build shit to like circumvent that weakness. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You can be like the Fat Earth people in Wally, almost. Huh, yeah. I don't have to go anywhere. I got a hover chair now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ooh. Again, it's really, it's one of those scenes where it's like, I'm conflicted, because it's really cool, and it looks like there's a lot of room for creativity. I can only imagine the really cool stuff that you could make through this. And all the stupid ways people
0: are going to break the game.
1: Oh, 100%. Even though I don't own a Switch, part of me is like, kind of want this just so I can do this and see how much I can break the game. But part of me also goes, it's like, I feel like it. this makes it really easy to make the game a hell of a lot easier.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, hey, if you can figure it out, nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'm not trying to be like a... those. You're not Gar- trying to be a Dark Souls player. Yeah, it's like I'm not trying to be like, oh, all those gosh darn casuals and their casualness. I, I lean more towards a lot of this stuff being really cool. It's just one of those things where I just... Part of my brain can't help but notice and think about that aspect as well.
0: Yeah. I mostly find it funny how, despite telling us almost nothing else about what the actual game is going to be about, hmm. I'm still way more excited now that this is out. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to fuse so many rocks to sticks.
1: I I want to see, like, what is the most obnoxious air vehicle you can make with this? Oh. That was my thing. It's like, all right, because we can make, like, things that float and make things that just, like, fly straight upwards. Like, can you create things that have, like, actual control surfaces? Like with the boat um, that they showed where you attached a fan to it, it's like, okay, is there a way to have a rudder or something like that? I think that would be re- really cool. I'll leave that to more creative types than me
0: because the gummy ship was my least favorite part of Kingdom Hearts.
1: I am now asking, no, demanding the legendary Zelda X Armored Core crossover. <laughs>
0: In which Link makes a mech suit entirely out of junk he found lying around.
1: <laughs> and Clyde. And climbs the ranks to become Hyrule's number one mechanized mercenary. (laughs) Amazing. It's like, I demand this crossover, like, yesterday.
0: (laughs) I'd play it. So that was what I had for gaming news. I had a lot more than usual.
2: Hmm.
0: Let's move into movie news. And I'm going to start with some of the most recent and most tilting news I've received all week. Oh, boy. (laughs) Live action Moana. Mm-hmm. With Dwayne Johnson coming back, have they mentioned at all who's going to play Moana herself? I don't think so.
1: Okay, mm.
0: you just did this movie. This movie is not even ten years old.
1: Now I want to look it up. When did this movie come out again?
0: Twenty sixteen.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It has been seven years.
1: I thought I honestly thought it was younger than that. Like, not gonna lie.
0: Still, out of all the things. <sighs> And I can, if it wasn't The Rock, mm-hmm. I'd respect his statement a lot more, mm. because for him it's a cultural thing, and I understand that, mm-hmm. and I understand this is an important thing to him, but I feel like if you really wanted to spread awareness of your culture and show pride in it, you'd tell more stories. you mm. tell some different stories, not just redo the one that was really popular, but Then again, that one was a big box office draw for you, so... (laughs) Oh, I wonder why he's bringing back this thing that was really good for him so he could play... Fuck!
1: I'm so sick of these live-action remakes, and I'm so sick of The Rock. Staying on with live-action remakes, one, one bit that of very conflicting, but me personally leaning towards Excited is that there's been a confirmation that the hybrid live-action remake of The Aristocats will be directed by Questlove. That's right! Which, for the uninitiated, Questlove is the drummer and general-like frontman for the legendary hip-hop jazz band, The Roots. And that's one where it's just like, oh, I don't think I can hate this movie. (laughs) Like... Just that alone might make this the first, like, live-action Disney remake that I actually go to theaters to see. (laughs) Wait, you haven't seen any of the others? I don't believe so. Huh. If I have, I can't think of any. Or at least not in theaters. I know I've seen- You see Aladdin? No, Aladdin we, we watched for a movie night. Huh. Yeah, like- Dumbo? No, also movie night. The two I remember wanting to see in theaters and never getting around to it was Beauty and the Beast- and photorealistic cgi lion king because i was like all right i don't think these are good but i'm morbidly curious and i never got around to it yeah no i don't think i'm pretty confident i have not seen any of those of the live action remakes that have been made so far in theaters i've only seen them after the fact
0: fair oh right there is a little bit of other live action remake news that i wanted to bring up that's probably noteworthy Lilo and Stitch, the live-action remake, has found its Lilo in newcomer actress Maya Kealoha.
1: Okay. So that's neat. Yeah, that's that's the only confirmed casting so far for this movie, right?
0: No, we also have Zach Galifianakis. Hmm. Expected to be pleakily, but not confirmed. And I don't remember if it was confirmed or expected, but I think it was brought up that Chris Sanders is going to be voicing Stitch, as he usually does.
1: Okay. Man, I wonder what Stitch is gonna look like. <laughs> I just thought of that. Huh. Kite I'm curious about the movie just for that alone, in all honesty. Atrocious. Probably. Absolutely wretched.
2: Mm.
1: It's going to be the stuff of
0: nightmares. I love it. <laughs> I'm a little excited. <laughs> Mostly because that movie is almost 20 years old, so at least that one I can It is. A- isn't wait. It? Hold on. No, it's 2002, it's over 20 years old. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, no, that would make sense. Yeah. Stares angrily at Moana. (laughs) And I liked Moana! I liked that movie a lot! Oh, yeah. There's just no need for it. There's no reason to do it again. What's next? Live-action Frozen? They're gonna do a live-action Frozen. I was
1: gonna say, they are are absolutely (laughs) going to do that at some point. There's no question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Inevitable
1: Yeah, that w- that is one where I'm like Okay, that one is 100% happening It's a question of not of not if, but when Yeah
0: <laughs> Got some crazy Batman news Is he a fascist? <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> Alright But I like your gumption, very good foreshadowing <laughs> Per deadline, director Mike Flanagan has pitched a Clayface movie ...to DC Studios. Okay. There's been no word on a green light. Apparently the studio hasn't said no. Hmm. However, the big thing... ...is that, per the same article... ...Deadline also has sources telling them that... ...Clayface is going to be a big part of the Batman Part 2. Okay. So, if that's the case, this Clayface movie would... ...either be a spin-off or an Elseworlds thing, but... Clayface for the Batman Part 2, if that's correct, is
2: huge. Hmm.
0: I love it. As long as he's not just an actor. Like, one of the original Clayfaces was just an actor who was a really good master of disguise. And I don't need him to go full clay monster in this, but I do need him to have actual shape shifting, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't need Batman fighting a big giant mud man, but I do need someone who's got the superhuman ability to change their appearance, and maybe they're, you know, a regular-sized mudman sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that'd just be... ah.
1: That'd be neat. I would definitely be curious to see how that gets done in terms of the the movie aspect. Horrifyingly. Well, yes, <laughs> for sure. Because, yeah,
0: actually, that would be a really good horror concept for Batman, just, like, this guy's anywhere, anything...
1: You can't find it. Very Secret Invasion-esque. As I say, like, so basically what I'm hearing is that Batman's enemy would be a scroll. (laughs) Yeah! Pretty much. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be all for that. Same.
0: Allegedly, and this is a big allegedly, there are also projects being discussed, these ones would be Batman adjacent, of Scarecrow and Poison Ivy,
1: which... I can get behind Scarecrow.
0: I like both of these, but I I don't want them to spin off into their own things. Batman Batman stuff takes up enough space. Mm-hmm. If you can't fit it into Batman stuff, leave it. Yeah. Or at the very least, leave it until you've got some members of the Bat family up and running.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now would be a really good time for a Batgirl movie, for instance. <laughs>
1: Wink. And this is where I would put a fully completed and ready to put out for sale a Batgirl movie. If I had one
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, lost the happy. And it's still gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Last the lost the happy in the tax write-offs. <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> did, it, did did you get it back? No, but I got money.
1: And what did it cost? Everything.
0: <laughs> so that's neat. Like Perlmutter is out at Marvel Entertainment. Who is that? <laughs> Basically, he's been this. He's he's been the guy in charge of Marvel for well, not in charge, but how do I put this? No, he's he's been he's been CEO of Marvel Entertainment for years. I think he got it in like the '90s. Oh boy! And to his credit, to his credit, because he's a very some would say frugal man.
1: Po- I would say polarizing.
0: <laughs> the others would say ridiculously cheap. <laughs> That's so polarizing. Excessively
1: so. So we would say polarizing, just in the financial sense.
0: <laughs> yes. But, to his credit, he is partly responsible for Marvel being able to pull itself out of bankruptcy to the point where it could reach the point that it's at now. Mm-hmm. However, he seems to have stuck with that Excessively opposed to spending situation To excess Oh boy He once complained that journalists at a press junket Were given two sodas instead of one
1: (laughs) Are we sure this dude isn't just Mr. Krabs?
0: (laughs) At at least one Avengers media event Disney ran out of food Due to his Constraints about what they were allowed to do
1: Mm. So this guy is indeed Marvel's Mr. Krabs then
0: Oh, yeah. No, Mm.
1: 100%.
0: He's the reason we almost didn't get Iron Man in Captain America 3, because he didn't want to pay Robert Downey Jr. to come back for it.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He was like, no, Robert Downey Jr. is too expensive. It's like, bruh, have you seen the money he pulls in?
1: Yeah, no, you you very much get a good ROI if Robert Downey Jr. shows up.
0: (laughs) And even outside of general stinginess, he's also not the greatest human being from the sound of it. Case in point, uh, he's the one responsible for the big Inhumans push in the mid-2010s because they didn't have the rights to the X-Men, and he was like, well, I don't want to keep publicizing the competitions movie so they can make a bunch of money. We don't need the X-Men, we've got the Inhumans. (laughs) It's just, hey, can we have Uh, X-Men? We have X-Men at home. X-Men at home.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. I require money. (laughs)
0: Ah! On the scummier side. On the scummier (laughs) side.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. He's also believed to be the reason why it took until 2018 to get a Black Panther movie and until 2019 to get a Captain Marvel movie, under the belief that black led and female led superhero movies wouldn't sell. Oh, please. The Inhuman. The reason there was originally an Inhumans movie on the slate is believed to be a concession that Feige had to make to Perlmutter to get those movies made. And then. And granted, this one's from a very long time ago, but I still think it's worth noting. He is allegedly reported as having said it would be fine to recast Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle, because nobody would notice, because black people all look the same. Bruh. (laughs) If I had led with that, I might have given you a better idea of who we were dealing with but Jesus. I felt it would be funnier to build to
1: it <laughs> Jesus Christ
0: anyway he's out
1: <laughs> fucking A dude
0: <laughs> he is out Disney has been trying to cut back 5.5 billion dollars and part of that was laying off 7,000 people which is not great except when one of them is him mm. Mm. ironically enough he was one of the people pushing for them to cut their spending <laughs>
1: It's like, so that's brilliant. I need you to cut your spending. Cuts you out. No, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Go back. Amazing time. Oh, God almighty. God all fucking mighty.
0: <laughs> In other news, we got some minor Marvel casting stuff and some other non-minor Marvel casting stuff. This is gonna be a really long fucking episode. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we have confirmation, also per deadline, that Caron Sony and Leslie Uggams are returning as Dope Pinder and Blind Al for the next Deadpool movie. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I look forward to watching Dope Pinder run over Tang the Conqueror with a cab.
1: <laughs> you know yes. there's going to be a variant. Yeah. Yeah, because that's right, Deadpool's in the MC. How the fuck is that supposed to work with recent events? <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm assuming, because there's a lot of rumors that aren't confirmed that the TVA is gonna factor into the movie. Hmm. So I'm gonna guess, Deadpool abuses his time machine, Deadpool goes back in time and snatches Logan from before he dies, TVA comes after them, they end up in the MCU, or at least Deadpool does. Okay. That's my guess. But no, I'm happy to see them back, because Deadpool's supporting cast is really good in these movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think they're gonna get Josh Brolin back? I can't imagine. Probably not. It'd be nice, though. It would. And then we got some information about Secret Invasion, which we'll also talk about in just a little bit. We now know that Amelia Clark is not playing Abigail Brand. She is, in fact, playing Gia. Gia. Gaia. Apparently, she's Talos's daughter. Lady. De-
1: Lady Godiva.
0: <laughs> Lady Gaga. <laughs> god Harley Quinn is such a good show
1: (laughs) I need to get back to watching it
0: oh man anyways yeah apparently she's playing Talos' daughter who we saw in Captain Marvel and now she's grown up okay and I guess the whole concept of secret invasion as reported via, via Vanity Fair is that well in an interview held by Vanity Fair is the scrolls are kind of sick of nothing happening in their search for a planet that they can live on so a splinter faction has broken mm. out that wants to take over earth or something oh okay which makes you wonder how hard could it be to find a planet
2: do you want ah, to ah that's build a dumb a...
1: question sorry i've got to stop myself from making a bad reference <laughs> no that was good <laughs> that was good
0: oh man mm. so that's an interesting little bit of how do you do indeed also, Samuel Jackson has said in the same Vanity Fair piece that apparently Fury has been just trying to process what happened during the
1: events of Endgame this whole time, and that's why he left. That's fair. That is yeah. completely fair. Like, that is a traumatic-as-fuck experience, so I can completely understand that.
0: I think specifically he said it was the deaths of Tony and Natasha that shook him up, which also fair.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure of all of the Avengers, they were probably the two, they were the two that were the closest to him.
0: I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony and Cap are probably about as equally close with them, and Hawkeye was maybe closer.
1: Uh fair. I don't know. I say Cap is very gone, so that that probably might yeah. add to it as well. You're not wrong.
0: <laughs> Shall we talk about the Secret Invasion trailer?
1: Sure. All right, God, this looks good. This looks like a good time. I know that Marvel like always touches on various different like niches and types and whatever when it comes to. There are movies and shows and whatnot, but I always am a sucker for the spy stuff.
0: Yeah, Winter Soldier is still one of the best movies they've ever done.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm not a hundred percent because of how many movies there are. I'm not sure if I would say it's my number one favorite, but it is absolutely up there, just on that aspect. No, yeah,
0: it was a really good grounded espionage thriller type action thing, and it seems hmm. like they're keeping a very similar vibe here. Oh yeah. And if they stick to that, and actually, I'm not saying no humor whatsoever, of course, but if they keep it mostly like that, and most of the jokes are more just dry observations and stuff like that, this is going to be a good time. Yes. It's tense. It's
1: it's crazy. There's explosions everywhere. I haven't really delved too much into Tom Clancy's work, but it did give me Tom Clancy-esque vibes as far as like the overall tone and everything that's shown in the trailer. Yeah. So yeah, I I am I am personally very lo- much looking forward to it.
0: It seems like they actually have a good explanation for why the Avengers aren't in this one. Mm. Aside from the fact that there probably aren't any Avengers right now.
1: Aren't they criminalized at this point?
0: No, not really. mm Presumably they were all pardoned after the whole you know saved happy universe thing.
1: <laughs> Fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think what it more likely is is based on fury saying i have to do this alone he literally has no idea who to trust
2: Mm,
1: man that sucks for someone like him
0: (laughs) it would not surprise me if the roadie we see is a scroll
1: yeah actually that would make sense because like when roadie is standing there in front of him saying you're the most wanted person on the planet it's like shouldn't you be arresting him then
0: (laughs) especially because apparently roadie's in very close with president ross President,
1: Ross. which is exactly what a scroll would do. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, in all the things that have happened, Rhodey has not like severed any of his ties with the government in any res- respect.
0: Nah, no, he has not. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Rhodey scenes actually happened relatively early in, and maybe Nick Fury goes to him first about the scrolls, only to find out he is one. Hmm. And then decide, well, I can't go if they got one Avengers member, they can get a bunch more, so
1: yeah, so it's like i I've got nobody I can really fall back on. ooh boy,
0: that's the beauty of the scrolls. they are a terrifying force to deal with because you never know who is one, right, and we don't have superpowers to figure out. it makes it harder <laughs> so that
1: looks very good. We got a super scroll, it looks like is that the one that has like the group powers? yeah, okay, yeah i was wondering- I was wondering what was going on with that,
0: <laughs> yeah, some scrolls have uh other genetics bonded onto them to let them manifest different superpowers.
1: Hmm. That sounds overpowered. I'm into it. Oh yeah,
0: the most, the most notable one has the powers of all four of the Fantastic Four.
1: Fuck off.
0: <laughs> Dangerous. Actually, fuck off. That is so overpowered. <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to this. Fortunately, we have less than three months to go. Okay. That's not the only superhero thing we got this week, though, because we also got a trailer
1: for... Blue Beetle. So Batman is a fascist, according to George Lopez. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. No, like, for real. It's not <laughs> That caught me very off guard. <laughs> that was a really funny closing line. That was an extremely funny closing line for him to just be like, yeah, I'm kind of like Batman, just not as cool. It like George Lopez in the back goes, Batman is a fascist, trailer ends. It's like, all right. <laughs> Nutty. It's like, that was funny. That was really Otherwise, funny. Otherwise, this is a really good-looking first trailer. It is.
0: And I especially like the design of the suit. It's mm-hmm. very, it's a very good techno-organic mix.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Where it's not quite natural, but it's also not fully somebody built this in a lab. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting mishmash. It seems like they really got the Scarab's bullshit do-anything
1: towers down. <laughs> is that... I'm guessing that's in response to the Scarab cutting a bus in half.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. A running thing with the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle is that he does not really have control over what it does. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Scarab itself will suggest hilariously ill-fitting options in the sense that they are ridiculously overpowered.
1: (laughs) The Scarab itself is basically like, I am going to cheese the shit out of everybody around me, like as if they were playing a multiplayer match of Call of Duty.
0: Yeah, I'd have to look it up, but I remember reading somewhere that at least once, the Scarab presented him with three different options, the most extreme of which was said to have theological implications.
1: <laughs> this ain't your average visual novel, that's for sure. <laughs> nah.
0: But no, this looks quite good. I'm, I'm looking forward to
1: see where this goes. George Lopez as the uncle is killing me. It took me a minute to realize it was George Lopez. Like, n- like not even gonna lie. <laughs> also some really
0: good horror vibes when he first gets the scarab put on.
1: Oh yeah, when it just becomes like a face hugger right away. It's like, okay.
0: <laughs> and then it attaches itself and him to the ceiling and starts taking him over. Mm-hmm. In a darker, more, in an alien-esque movie, that would be... That would be the start of some real bad shit right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But that looks good. (laughs) It's like horrifying. Body gets taken over. Yeah, it looks pretty all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm excited. This looks like a really good time. Oh, yes. We also got a full trailer for Elemental.
1: I It's been a while since I've actually been really into wanting to see a Pixar movie. And this is one. Really? Really into in the, all right, this looks cool. But in like, I kind of actually like am looking forward to this a little bit. Okay. Because this looks really cool. It looks adorable. I'm definitely curious how they go over the message of, no, you can do what you want and be with who you want, regardless of where you come from. I don't know. It's like, all right, I think we're trying to really hone in. We need to let kids know that, yes, this is okay now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I guess to me, it just kind of feels... And I'm not saying that it only really bugs me because Pixar is also owned by Disney at this point. Mm -hmm. This feels kind of like Zootopia again. Uh, You think so? It feels a little Zootopia again, only this time the rabbit and the fox
1: are actually dating. (laughs) You know what? That's fair. (laughs) That is completely fair.
0: And not that it's a problem because the message of Mm -hmm. you you shouldn't let... Preconceived notions of what you are stop you from doing the thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Is an important message.
1: It's a very important message.
0: It just feels like I've seen it before from
1: Disney. Fair. You know. Okay. You know what? To be fair, I completely forgot that Zootopia was also a Disney movie. Really? Yeah. No. I thought. Who did I think it? Was? I want to say for the longest time I thought it was DreamWorks.
0: Okay. I guess I could see that. Yeah. But yeah. No. Also Disney. But again, that that really shouldn't be a knock much against the movie itself. I really like the animation of the fire beings.
1: Yeah, they look, pardon the pun, cool.
0: (laughs) Uh, no, quite the opposite, actually. Temperature-wise,
1: they're very warm. Yes. Especially, like, given their character models versus their facial features and all. Yeah. The humor was definitely very good. Especially, like, the scene where they both go through the fence and... Why are these here again? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because that would really only stop Earth people. Yeah. And maybe not even then, depending on if they're made of, like, dirt. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... They could just go under it.
1: Yeah, like, if it's someone from the Earth side, it's like I can imagine they could just dig deep enough to where they don't have to worry about the fence anymore. Huh. Also, the bit at the end where the water character is trying the... Super spicy food? The super spicy food, and he's, like, just eats it. I was like, okay, no... I, I like I know this movie is not going to do this because that would be horrifying but you should legitimately be dead right now. <laughs> it's like not even in the sense of like You should be evaporating. Yeah, oh, it's like not even in the, in the sense of like oh, it's spicy he was like no, you are literally water. You should be actively turning to steam and evaporating right now. <laughs> or you'll extinguish it. Mm. Uh, true, true.
0: But I do like the bit where the bubble comes out of his mouth and it just starts screaming.
1: <laughs> And it's like, see? He likes hot food. He likes it. And it's like, oh, that's actually kind of cute how you're trying to save face for your man. <laughs> that was cute.
0: No, this looks, this looks like a really pretty movie, and mm-hmm. I'll still watch this over The Flash, that's for
1: sure. Oh, no question. No question.
0: Especially because it sounds like, in trying to avoid The Flash our friend Christina and I might have accidentally started a mass let's-go-see-elemental movement. (laughs) (laughs) there you go. (laughs) And by mass, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe like ten people, but... (laughs) That's still a lot. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Mm. And then this one I just put on because it's a Wes Anderson movie and also because this cast is insane.
1: Asteroid City. The cast in this movie is very insane and probably extremely expensive. (laughs) I think I heard somewhere that the budget on this wasn't actually that big. Hold on, budget of around thirty to forty million. With this ensemble cast? Holy shit! I I refuse to believe that. (laughs) Well, Wes Anderson Mm -hmm. has
0: a weird fucking filmography. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, he did Fantastic Mister Fox. He did The Grand Budapest Hotel. So it wouldn't surprise me if some of this... He did Isle of Dogs. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. So it really wouldn't surprise me if this is just a case where the actors just want to work with him on something.
1: Fair. But
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah. I I will say, based on the trailer, it's like, all right, this is very much kind of a... I can't think of any other phrase, and I don't think it's even the right phrase to be... other than, like, this is very much a performance movie, in that this is very much a movie that feels like the people who are in it... Are people who love cinema for the artistic side of it, if any of that makes sense? No, I get you. And that was further reaffirmed where it's like, who's in this movie? It's like Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Tilda Swinton, um, Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston, William Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Jeff Goldblum. It's like, Hong Chao. All right, this makes a lot more sense now. Niamh <laughs> Shriver. Yeah, like these are all like phenomenal actors and actresses. And I'm like, yeah, in a, like a weird-ass artsy movie like this, which is the vibe I get from it, this is the ensemble cast that I can think of. <laughs> you know what I like? This one
0: feels stagey. Mm. It feels like, just from the bits I've seen, of course, it feels like a big-budget version of a play.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know what? I get that? I get that vibe from it as well.
0: And it's very... I don't want to say minimalist, because it's certainly not. Mm -hmm. But it kind of feels that way with the expansive desert and the blue sky. But also, the sets are still colorful and stylized and they pop. It pops. This movie really pops. (laughs) Just based on the trailer, at least. But I'm looking forward to this one.
1: Right. I'm seeing something that I guess, as it currently stands, the movie has an R rating from the MPA and Focus Features is trying to appeal that. Huh. Yeah, I guess a, a citation for a brief, brief graphic nudity. I wonder if we get that Scarlett Johansson nude scene. <laughs> Honestly, that's I feel like that would be it, if anything. So, just based on like the small bit from the trailer. I guess we'll see. But, otherwise, yeah, this looks good. This is very much a... Okay, this appeals to like the weird-ass humanities, like, guy in my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he, the, the one in my brain's freaking out about this, too. <laughs> I'm gonna run through box office real quick. Okay. We did see the highest-grossing movie domestically this weekend, because it was Dungeons & Dragons, honor among thieves. Yay! Took in $38.5 million domestically, and in total for a $71.5 million worldwide total. That is against a $150 million budget, though, so this movie's gonna need some... Legs. Really strong legs over the coming weeks if it wants to actually make its money. Yes. Which is kind of crazy, because everything else on this list is apparently doing numbers comparatively. Hmm. Second place is John Wick Chapter 4. Okay. Took in $28.2 million domestically this weekend. It's got a $122.8 million domestic total and is sitting at $244.8 million worldwide. That's against a $100 million budget, so it's already in the green most likely. hmm Oh, the black. No, and the green? I don't know.
2: Yeah. Colors are weird. think I could g- give it to either.
0: <laughs> Third place, a movie I didn't even know existed, and it's called His Only Son. Hmm. And it's about Abraham.
1: The religious figure?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Took in $5.5 million domestically this weekend, and in total, no worldwide release. But the budget was apparently only $250,000. Alright,
1: we got a, another blood and honey situation, I guess. <laughs> yep. Fourth place is Stream 6. Took
0: in $5.3 million domestically this weekend for a $98.2 million domestic total and $147.6 million worldwide. So that's rolling in it right now, considering that its budget was only $35 million at tops. Mm. And then in fifth place, Creed 3. Took in $5 million domestically for a $148.5 million domestic total, and it's sitting at $260 million worldwide against a, I think, $70 million budget, so... Okay. That one's also doing good.
1: Indeed. Poor Shazam. <laughs> God, it's only been, like, what, four, three weeks, four weeks? This is its third week. And it's already out of the top five. Yep. Ugh. Rough. Indeed. That's rough, buddy.
0: Let's talk Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Let's talk D&D. And no, we are not going to masquerade as your DM. Um,
0: Haha. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good one. And by that I mean it's a fun one.
1: It's a fun movie. And I think we both concluded a another example of Hollywood doing a bad job at marketing a film.
0: Yeah, no, that first trailer was awful. Mm. But this movie is basically fantasy Guardians of the Galaxy. But in a good way.
2: Yes, yeah. Because
0: I think when I first saw it, I when I first saw the trailer, I I thought this is this is just of the Galaxy with a fantasy coat of paint, and it kind of is, but in a in a much better way. Mm-hmm. In the sense of, it's still decently sincere. It's still a really fun time. The laughs hit. There aren't awful lot of sad moments, and they don't they don't really bring you down all
1: that much. I guess. No, yeah. Right. I, yeah, I would say that um there's not a lot of sad moments, but there's definitely some serious moments and the movie does a good and seemingly very rarely good job. At least as amongst other movies that is of knowing when to dial back the funny for the serious bits, so that the serious bits actually stick.
0: Yeah. So the premise is Chris Pine is a bard and Michelle Rodriguez is a barbarian. <laughs> And they got locked up for doing a theft with Hugh Grant and a wizard. Mm Mm-hmm. And a sorcerer who's played by Justice Smith. Mm Mm-hmm. But he got away. And then they bust out of jail, and then they find out that... Basically, they have to go on a quest to save the town of... What was it? Neverwinter? I think so. For as much D&D stuff as I try to keep up on, you'd think I would know these things better. But... Point is they assemble a ragtag bunch of misfits to go sit, to go stop an undead uprising or something. Yeah, that's a fun time.
1: It's a very fun time.
0: Everybody does a good job with what they're given. I feel like Sophia Lillis is kind of underutilized. She was Doric the druid.
1: Yeah, she, I during the movie I was like, you don't really have a lot to say or do a lot of the time. Although she did get a very good like action chase scene. Beyond that, I felt I also feel like she was very like underutilized.
0: Yeah, but Chris Pine's good. I think this might be my favorite thing that I've seen Michelle Rodriguez in.
1: Hmm. I mean, hmm.
0: yeah. To to be fair, though, most of the competition of the Fast and Furious movies. Which... Yeah,
1: and even as a fan of the Fast and Furious, I am going to very heavily agree with that statement. Like, Michelle Rodriguez is great in this movie. She's, she's very funny, and it's not very hard at a certain point to just start rooting for her.
0: Especially because she actually manages to... She manages to get more emotion into the few scenes that are dedicated to her emotional state Mm-hmm. than I think you really get from some of her other movies, like the Fast and the Furious
1: yes <laughs> yeah, yeah there's 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 no kidding there unfortunately,
0: <laughs> and then justice Smith, good as the sorcerer, especially funny for being a sorcerer with very little confidence, oh yeah, considering their whole thing is charisma. <laughs>
1: There's a lot <laughs> That is one of the things I like about this movie. So I used to play D&D a decent bit. Unfortunately a lot of what I did and my learning of it has not retained at this point. But my favorite thing about this movie overall is that it became very clear that the people who made this movie are in, in themselves familiar with D&D and there's just there's so many moments of very small but very they're like, they're small moments in the scope of the movie, but they mean so much if they're familiar with D&D, and they're very funny because of that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And the whole movie just has that, I, I said it was Guardians of the Galaxy energy, but to be more realistic, it's really that kind of, because of because of the fact that the serious moments are not maybe as serious, mm-hmm. it's that energy of a bunch of people sitting around playing a Dungeons and Dragons game, because all the, basically all the NPCs take it all relatively seriously. Mm -hmm. But the entire adventuring party is only, is only kind of half taking it seriously.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Everybody's, everybody's got a wink and everybody's got a, everybody's got a quip. But in that way where it's not always smooth and it doesn't always come out and then everybody else will be like, why did you, why? (laughs) That was fun. Hugh Grant is delightful.
1: He is great in this.
0: What in a You can tell he's loving every minute of this nonsense.
1: <laughs>
0: he's just sitting there like,
1: oh, this is all so ridiculously just stupid and I'm here for it. Yeah, I definitely get the vibe of, okay, this man's enjoying himself because he's like, okay, I know this is dumb. Everyone else knows this is dumb. But because of that, I am going to get so no shit at all for also being as dumb as everything else going on. <laughs> And he just runs with it.
0: In a whole movie where most of the quote-unquote player characters, it feels like, aren't taking it seriously, he is super not taking it seriously. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's in the vein of, yeah, I already I already got what I want. I'm just on top of the world right now. Have fun, guys.
1: Yeah, it's like, I've got everything I want. Everything else at this point is just a bonus.
0: <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs>
1: what else? What
0: else? There were some good uses of magic. Mm-hmm. I'll get into it more... We saw the portal scene in the trailers, which was fun, but there were some other really clever little things here and there that I'll get Mm -hmm. into more when we can get into spoilers. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Reggae jean Page! He was good. As the paladin.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) He was great as the paladin.
0: (laughs) It's funny to say he's not as underutilized as Doric, for reasons I'll get into later.
2: Yes, indeed. (laughs)
0: No, they did a good job with him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to not spoil anything.
1: God, this is one of the weird times where it's like, it's it ends up being good at how the trailers were made because they gave away very little about the movie. But still, at the same time, what they did show the movie made it look a lot worse than it really was. So my feelings are mixed. Yeah, yeah, a bit mixed.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where the movie itself is relatively inconsequential enough, and you can probably see where it's going once things start rolling well enough, that it's it's only a spoiler because you don't go in knowing where mm-hmm. it's going. Right. But they very readily, it, it, it clicks together really quickly. Mm-hmm. But that makes it hard to talk about without getting into spoilers. Yes. You got anything else?
1: Not particularly.
0: <laughs> Alright, in that case, before we get into spoilers, I'm definitely going to say, give it a watch. It It's definitely worth it.
1: Yeah, this movie is 100% worth going to theaters to see.
0: It's not, it's not breaking any, you know, records for greatest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. But it's a really fun time. Oh, yes. And I'm very much hoping for sequels. Maybe not with this party, though.
1: The, the magic of D&D... Is that, you know, when one adventure is finished, it's like, all right, we're going to make another one just with different characters. So they could get away with making more movies in the universe, but having different characters and different, like, archetypes or whatever, and it's still being just as good.
0: Exactly. All right, so if you don't want to get spoiled for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, make sure to click away in three, two, one. So, Holga's halfling ex-husband is Bradley Cooper.
1: Yeah! yeah. (laughs) That that was, like, in the back of my head. It's like, I think that's Bradley Cooper. I'll look into this later.
0: (laughs) I think the best part of it isn't even that her ex was a halfling. It's that he proceeded to then marry another super tall barbarian woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, man's got a type, so no shame in that.
1: I will say that bit where the two of them talk to each other is probably my favorite part of the movie. Really? Yes, because we're talking a little bit about how the movie takes the serious part seriously. I was expecting, given the situation, I was fully expecting, like, there's going to be some kind of quip or something here. And the man's just straight up. It's like, yeah, because I I tried to make this home where you know you felt comfortable and safe and you weren't so sad about being ditched by your tribe, but you spent your entire time just being sad about that, and I understand, but I just couldn't take it anymore. And still, being the whole thing of, like, even with that, I still see that you're a wonderful person, I want you to be happy. I was just like, why don't more movies do this? (laughs) No, that was really sweet, and that
0: was... It was pretty poignant.
1: Yeah, it's like, the fact that it did just a perfect blend of being really... Poignant, but also incredibly genuine in a fucking D and D movie. <laughs> where Bradley Troopers
0: playing a halfling yeah. opposite Michelle Rodriguez's barbarian.
1: Yeah, no, it's just it's one of those things where it's like because that scene is also a conflict, but I also finish the scene and being like, I have zero problems with how that went. Like, none whatsoever. This is my favorite part of the movie.
0: (laughs) You know the really funny thing? My favorite part is right at the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's that during Chris Pine's entire exposition of his backstory, he keeps waiting for that one guy, Jonathan? Is that what his name was? I think
1: think his name was either Jonathan or Jonathan. Okay. Mm.
0: So he's waiting for this guy to show up, and the whole time I was thinking it's because this was either Hugh Grant's character in disguise or something, or it was like, Somebody who was going to be more sympathetic, or somebody they had blackmail information on, or something. Somebody they could extort into letting them go. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, no. The only reason they were so insistent on waiting for this guy is because he is a bird person with wings, so they could jump out a window and make him fly them to safety.
1: And then it's like as as they're doing that, the the um the judges are like, no, we 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 passed through your pardon. You're, parted. <laughs> You're You've good already been keep- pardoned. <laughs> That's the most D&D thing I've
0: ever seen.
1: That was something where I was like, okay, all of us would do that. <laughs> that
0: is the most unnecessarily stupid, impulsive, <laughs> pointless thing. And it's
1: brilliant. It's very there's
0: brilliant. No br- there's no genius idea. It's the <laughs> stupidest thing you could possibly imagine that they're after. And there was ultimately no need for it. And all it does is get them in trouble with the law later. <laughs>
1: And it's, oh god, there's so many great moments like that, of reminding you that it's a D&D movie. To just harp harp on it, how oh, it's like small, but when it happens, it's great. Harper on it? Harper on it. <laughs> well, first off, there's the entire paladin in of himself, where it's like, he is like, literally perfect. Like, the first scene we see of this motherfucker is of him rescuing a baby that had been eaten by a monster he's the player character who
0: the dungeon master brings in because the rest of the party is fucking up too bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, and it's the thing of like, the party is fucking up so bad. They're like, yep, no humor. I just need you to not get my people killed. (laughs) That's all I need you here for. And he is perfect. And he becomes, it's so great how he is personification of the DM. Because besides me and Cody, we also saw it with, our friend Christina and Christina does some DMing and there's a scene like when they're in I forget what it's called but it's basically the pits of hell and the paladin is explaining oh, how the, underdark. the underdark and the paladin is explaining how to get over the bridge and it is the most asinine overtly convoluted just, like, way to get across it that has to be pitch perfect, and I'm just looking over at her, and she is, like, losing her shit.
0: (laughs) And then Justice Smith just triggers it on accident. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it just, like, destroys the bridge. And then, to just add on to that, it pulls, the regular DM, it pulls the other DM thing of, like, shit, they fucked this up so bad, I gotta figure out a way for them to not get killed. And then uh, ju- that
0: walking stick you had uh, is secretly a portal stab the whole yeah, time.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, that walking stick is actually, like, extremely overpowered. That is how we're gonna survive for the rest of this journey.
0: <laughs> or stuff like creating a... Compl- a- horrendously elaborate plan to get inside the vault only to realize that's not where it was leading anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that one pirate game where you you were there for that one, right?
1: I don't remember.
0: L- long story short, we had a pirate game where uh, the crew all turned into were-rats.
1: Oh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and it was so funny because after the crew turned into wear rats the rest of the party, we were all building like fortifications to make sure <laughs> we were prepared to the event of a rat attack. And the whole time, Christina wasn't DMing. That time, it was somebody else. And the whole time, the DM's just like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Yeah, no, we gotta, we gotta prepare. We gotta be ready. We gotta be ready. All right, night falls and nothing happens because it's not a full moon anymore. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs>
1: I completely forgot about that.
0: <laughs> it was so funny. It, it was-, was such a funny thing cuz it's so obvious in hindsight. <laughs> uh but anyways, no uh so Hugh Grant is a right
1: bastard. Oh, he is a monumental shithead.
0: But still so fun to watch. This tea is scorchingly hot.
1: <laughs> is there like ye old McDonald's in D&D or something? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I-, I need you to like cool this tea to like the um, woman who's totally not a red witch. And she's just like, I-, I wasn't expecting you to put your finger in it. I'll finish that off later.
0: <laughs> oh, it's just a wizard. Oh no, it's a red wizard! Yeah. <laughs> Another fun cameo. The people in the cage in the center of the maze.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the Dungeons & Dragons animated series adventuring group.
1: Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> and also, very sad if they're dead.
1: Yeah, and also very sad if they're dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, the final fight was pretty good. Actually, most of the fights in this... there were, Most of the fights boil down to Michelle Rodriguez beats
1: a lot of people up. Yeah, yeah Michelle Rodriguez beats a lot of people up, and then... Final Fight in particular is fun because it's like everyone beats the the main like red wizard um, up who's their whole thing and the reason why they partnered with Hugh Grant was to basically just murder the fuck out of the entire city to create this army of the undead and it gets <laughs> her plan gets foiled in the most D&D way possible where it's just like oh we got all this treasure but all these people are gonna die it's like ah oh, fuck okay get fine get rid of the loot literally just portals one of the hot air balloons and just has the loot falling out so that people start chasing after the loot and empty the stadium that she's trying to murder people in.
0: That wizard got one of the best villain deaths I've ever seen. It
1: was amazing. It's just like, and it kept on escalating too. because it's She like, gets
0: a magic suppression cuff <laughs> slapped on her and then Doric in owlbear form pounces on her, starts slamming her into the ground and... No, They're uh, like, Dork, Dork, I think you he got her.
1: Yeah, it's like, freaking like- Slams Loki. her a
0: few more times anyway, <laughs> throws her into a wall, she smacks into the wall, lands on the ground, and then the wall falls apart on her.
1: <laughs> and it's like, Loki thought he had it bad with the Hulk.
0: <laughs> it was very Hulk-Smacks-Loki energy, only it lets one up in a tiny bit.
1: Yes, no, it was just like, the fact that it was just kind of like- Comp- like progressing so much like it kept on escalating at a certain point my brain is just going like world star in the background
2: <laughs> stop
0: she's already dead <laughs>
1: but not dead enough wall breaks on top of them all right now they're dead enough
0: <laughs> you can get deader
1: you can get deader indeed let's see what else was there i mean there was so much good stuff in this the spell of having to like reanimate the dead to ask them like, of five... of course, of course, yeah, five questions, and it just turns into like a journey of them reanimating like half of the graveyard to get the whole story of this magic helmet that they need to beat the bad guy, and then when they finally get the information they need, all right, we're gonna go. It's like I, I still I still have questions. I like that I need to be asked, and they're like, "What's your favorite book?" And he starts going on about books, and they're like, "Okay, that was the the last question." And he's like, "I I still have more and more question." hello hello, hello? <laughs> it's just like that was oh. really good that was really good i genuinely felt bad for him it's like man this fucker's gonna be sitting here for all of eternity not able to go back to sleep because of that <laughs> i like chris pine's failure speech honestly that speech was also quite poignant as well
0: yeah that was good it's very much uh if you give up that's when you have genuinely fail
1: yeah when he's like When you failed and stopped, you, have well, failed. Everyone's confused. It's like, no, that makes complete sense. That makes total sense.
0: (laughs) When when they're ready to, it's like, all right, we don't need the helm. We can can come up with a different plan. We dug up half my people's graves for this.
1: (laughs) It's like, well, what about you? You don't fail. It's like, oh, no, dude, I'm the king of failing. That's why I have to get another plan going, because I I can't give up after I fail. The dragon bit was really good. The dragon was so cute.
0: (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. That was an ugly fucking dragon. It It was a funny dragon.
1: It's the whole thing of it being like a weird... Obviously... Do not overfeed your animals. With the, what I'm about to say, do not overfeed your animals. It is animal abuse, don't do that. But, it did remind me of, like, videos of, like, pudgy, like, corgis and shit. <laughs> it's just, like... When he just starts
0: sliding down the trail of bones. Yeah. Not even running at it, just sliding.
1: <laughs> and it's, like, also, like, when he's just, like, rolling, like, towards them and destroying everything. It's, oh, this is... This is really funny, and I don't- Look at th- that fat boy go. Yeah, it's like, I don't think I should find this cute, but it's like, watching videos with, like, fat pets just, like, being, like, ridiculous. Which, again, don't do that. It's a cute, kind of, but it's still not cool. Don't do that to your animals, people.
0: <laughs> and then it led into the another good use of magic with the- use a spark to blow open- a, and the dragon's own, like, gas breath, basically, to blow open a, the ocean- there's a blow up in the cave they're in because they're above the ocean. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised none of them drowned considering half of them are wearing armor.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel like the bit like after they got all of that and the paladin's like, all right, you got the helmet. My work here is done. They're watching the paladin walk away and commenting on it. It's like, is he going to walk past it? He's going to walk past the rock? I, oh, oh, nope, he mm, just over walked over. Yeah, over the rock. It's like, I really hope that that was ad-libbed. <laughs> I feel
0: personally attacked. <laughs> That's something I would joke about.
1: <laughs> Movie stole Cody's jokes.
0: <laughs> Again?
1: Uh, I, I Part of me is going like, please tell me that was ad-libbed. That was too perfect not to be.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Mm. Yeah, no, as Dungeons & Dragons movies go, this was good. It's one of those, if you get bogged down in the mechanics of it, you're gonna be beating your head against a wall, but that's not really what it's about.
1: You know, it's one of those funny things, too, where I feel like getting bogged down in in the mechanics is half the fun, because... The movie is explicitly making fun of some of the stranger and dumber aspects of D&D at the same time. Why
0: can you only ask five questions? Seems arbitrary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally was like in my sh- chair just like putting my hands up going like, yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> this is it. This is it. <laughs> we have gone meta in the D&D movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like going, going back to a thing I said right before spoilers where I'd watch a sequel with a different set of characters. I feel like Forge getting captured right at the end is the perfect why we don't need this specific party back. Hmm. Because they pretty much accomplished what they set out to do. Yeah. So, it's a case of, we don't really need to focus on them again, because now, Ed- Edgin, Edgen Edgen. that's mm. it. Edgen and Holga can go back to being a completely platonic, which I like, I like oh, yeah.
1: that. yeah. Oh yeah, and I guess it probably should be mentioned, the overarching theme of this movie as well as far as the events that follow is Chris Prine's character is trying to get this item that will resuscitate his dead wife so that he has his wife back with his daughter, but at the tail end... Oh yeah,
0: we went this whole time and didn't mention anything about this dead wife. Yeah, no,
1: (laughs) no, he did not. We're bad at this. We're bad at this. (laughs) But just because there's so much fun in this movie, it's hard to talk about all of it. Yeah, why do
0: you want to talk about the Downer stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they get the tablet. Holga ends up getting stabbed with a Red Wizard's Blade, which apparently nothing except the tablet can revive. And mm. Chris Pine comes to the realization that, you know, obviously, you know, he's not in love with Holga or anything. But Holga's been there for his daughter for most of her life. So as far as his daughter knows, she's basically her mom. Yeah. So he then proceeds to use the tablet to bring her back.
1: And it was something oddly sweet where, like, when he brings back Holga, she just comes to and is like, oh, don't tell me you wasted that on me.
0: (laughs) That was sweet.
1: It's kind of fucked up, but it's like a sweet, like, just moment of disbelief. It's like, no, you weren't supposed to use that on me. And everyone just hugging her. It's like, that's illegal. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, I'm loved. (laughs) And then immediately starts, like, after they get, like, awards and whatnot, she, like, starts putting the eyes on another halfling and it's just like, oh boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got that, you got Simon and Doric's weird whatever it is.
1: Mmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Not a huge fan of that. It, was, it got a couple of laughs, though. Yeah, it did. It, it, I, it got a couple of laughs on me when she, they were like, why didn't it work? It's like, she said I made her sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not with anything I did, just me.
1: Yeah, it's just like, oof. Oof, that's painful, my man.
0: <laughs> you are not very confident. I'm not.
1: No. <laughs> and at the end, she's like, can I Can I try this whole courtship thing again? Okay, fine. Really? Don't get excited. Okay.
0: <laughs> so that was decently funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like I said, I, I would very much watch several more movies with this tone with this general feel in this not necessarily even in the same location just in the same like Dungeons and Dragons style setting yeah yeah just I don't need it to be this cast again
1: yeah it, it can be a different cast and not because there's anything wrong with the cast but because right it takes advantage of one of the the fun things about D&D and that being making new characters whenever a new adventure starts
0: yeah exactly Maybe you could have some of them show up as, like, cameos in later ones or something.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, in that case, I think that about wraps up the Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves review.
1: Yes, and to reaffirm, go see this movie. Oh so, yeah, definitely. See it in theaters.
0: Yeah, listen to the, listen to this, maybe skip the spoiler section, then go see it, then come back, and then rewatch the whole podcast. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you don't have to do that. In any case, thanks so much for listening, everybody.
1: Next week, we have the Mario movie.
0: We do, the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I'm way more excited for this than I was when the first trailer came out. Oh, so, yeah. hooray.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: If you could, everybody, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Space... Spacebook?
1: <laughs> My God. <laughs>
0: That's an accidental Dragon Ball Z bridge reference, if ever I made one. <laughs> I was
1: going to say, is this Facebook in the Cowboy Bebop universe?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Facebook, Spotify, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Doesn't really matter. Maybe not Twitter, because it's kind of exploding right now. Oh, that's But like, When is it not? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, thanks again, everybody. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll.
1: And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg.
0: And we will catch you guys next time.
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Bye.